If you have your Bibles with you, I want to talk about traffic lights. Found in the book of Psalms, the 27th chapter, the 27th Psalm, actually. It's not really considered chapters, but the first verse, I'd like to share that with you this morning. And would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to read that again, please. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? May God add his blessings to that promise to you and I today. Would you bow with us as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come once again today with grateful hearts for the privilege of gathering at your house, for being able to open the windows of your word, Lord, and just try to see, especially want to hear what you'd have to say. Guide us now, Lord, as we worship this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen. May be seated. I just love the song, I'll Be Listening. And how important that is for the words of that song does beckon us to hear and to listen to what God wants to say, to do what he wants us to do and to go where he wants us to go. I had earlier in the week, fact of the matter is, the tra- God's traffic signs or traffic lights came to me in the night when I all of a sudden, and I don't know, why, as Paul says, I'm not sure if it's in the spirit or otherwise, but all of a sudden I was standing up and I don't have a clue anything else but this, and it was as though I just ran into a wall. I mean, boom. It wasn't a hard wall. It was kind of soft and it didn't hurt, but it was such a startling feeling to me, and I woke up wondering, what did I just run into? Sometimes in life, we do run into situations that will not hurt, but will harm if we don't heed to the call to stop. Want to talk about traffic lights that God has, the, the GPS of God's will for your life, God's perfect signal that will show us, that will guide us and lead us in the ways that we ought to go and take the turns that we need to turn. I've always been a little bit confused about traffic lights and, you know, uh, you pull up to the light and it's green, you're almost there and it turns yellow and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do on yellow. Am I supposed to hurry before it gets red or slow down because it's about to be red? It's a problem that we can have in life, and sometimes I just kind of hurry up and try to beat the red. God has signals for us to look at, and sometimes the signals is to go, and initially the go in green is to go and do what God wants us to do. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, I guess it is, that says, Go ye therefore into all the world. And preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the things of God and the things that God wants us to do. That's the green light for God's people. Sometimes I think that we do not heed to that sign to go. And the Bible is full of those lights of, of warning us and tell us that God wants us to begin to get started and do the thing, to baptize, to show and to share and to let people know the joy that we have in our hearts because we know Jesus. I really believe that we are sometimes uh, people who may well sit on the stool of do nothing, as you have heard, 
and uh, so satisfied with so little when God has so much in store for us to have and to do. And so as we look at the, word, the topic of God's tra uh, traffic signals or traffic lights, we can see that we do not have the power to make that turn that the sign says up ahead that God has put there for us to turn unless we have prayerfully sought God's leadership into what we need to do. And always remember, on, the li on life's road that you travel, you're not on that road alone. There's someone behind you. Speaking of behind you, I remember here, it's been a couple years ago, we was going somewhere, Catherine and I was, and uh, someone in, head, in front of us, an older man and woman, was just poking along. And I said, my goodness, look at that, them old folks, they just uh, don't have any particular place to go and they're in no hurry to do it. <laughs> well, those statements will haunt you, and it did us. It wasn't long before one day, she and I were driving down the road, sightseeing and almost running off the road, and I looked in the rearview mirror and I said, Catherine, guess what them folks behind us just said? Yes, you do reap what you sow, don't you? But knowing the direction is very important for us in life, and sometimes I believe that God will be there. You know, I see signs on, on and I've heard Brother Eddie spoke of this, uh, uh, God is my co-pilot. I don't want him as he is, Sharon. I don't want him to be my co-pilot. I don't want him to be my pilot. But sometimes God is a backseat driver. You know that? He says in the scripture, this is the way, go in it or walk ye in that. And when you turn to the right or to the left, God is always there directing. And so as we listen to what God wants to say, we do not want to ignore the lights of God's love that will show us in the right direction. And as we think about this, we know that, you know, I remember as a young boy, we had sheep. Everybody had a dozen old yos and a buck sheep. That seemed like in our community, and we had our share of two. And I remember how temperamental sheep were. They could not hardly survive without a shepherd. So it is with you and I as God's people. We cannot hardly survive, especially in the right directive, unless we allow God, the shepherd of the sheep of his flock, you and I as God's people, to give directions, to soothe us. And speaking of sheep, I remember so well, and it seems like it points to this Sunday morning. I remember you could go down to the barn, just rattle the old metal gate, and that's all it took for the sheep to look up. And here they'd come in a line, headed to what they knew was going to be feeding time. I believe that God's people need to listen to the rattles of the gates of the church in order to be able to desire to come for feeding. And it is, you know, it is so important. It is so very important that we learn to, the Bible said, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You have come today because you had a hunger, a desirable hunger that would, that would cause you to want to feed on God's word. And may God bless you as you already have through Sunday school and we continue to do that in this time of special worship. But God gives us a promise and he says, oh, I'm with you always, always, every time, every situation, no matter what. Sometimes we get in a situation on the road of life and we'll get down in a valley and we want to be on the mountaintop. You know, I just love mountaintop experiences and people, children of God is so fond of mountaintop experiences in the spiritual level, the spiritual highs that we can feel even how good you feel because you have come to God's house on Sunday morning and God bless you for that feeling. 
But I believe that there's never been a mountain experience that hasn't been preceded with a valley encounter. And God said, I won't only be with you on the mountaintop. I will be, but I want to be with you in the valley. And he does not promise to zap us out of that valley experience, but to get in the valley and go with us. What a promise to know that God is giving us those kind of directions. Hebrews 3, 7 says, But if you hear a voice, listen and learn God's way. Sometimes we do not listen and then therefore do not learn God's way for us in, in life. Read a story about a man going down the road one day and he was pretty, driving pretty wild and he passed a, a vehicle in front of him and he got down the road a ways and the vehicle that was following came upon his car that he had wrecked. And uh, he uh, got out to try to help and he said, Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine, he said, because God is in here with me. And he said, you better let him ride with me. You're about to kill him. We need to watch out how reckless we are with life. It's so important. The caution that God wants to give us, the yellow light of, of, of behavior is so important. And not always does God say, hurry up, it's going to get red, but sometimes he does. I believe as we look at the story of the Bible and the redemption, not only for our soul, but the soul of someone else. The fact is that God realizes, and we must, that time is of essence. We must be up and about our Father's business, and maybe the, the light is yellow, but maybe God's saying, hurry up, it's about to be red. You can read story after story when the, the lights became red, and the story of, of uh, Jonah, uh, and the story of Noah and the flood. The light was about to be red, and it did turn red, and the world stopped. But you can learn of, of people in the Bible also that did not obey the traffic signs, the traffic lights, and found themselves in a terrible turn of life. David was one of them. We studied about uh, David in Sunday school this morning, but in a different direction. But David did not heed to the red light of his life, and he lost his son. There are penalties. There are situations. There are terrible consequences of disobeying the traffic signs that God puts before you. And we must heed the things that God wants to show us. Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, if he had not heeded the traffic sign of red that he saw and taken his family elsewhere, then instead of going to Jerusalem, he went to Galilee and spared a terrible trouble that would have come about. David said in 25.4, Shew me the way, O Lord, and teach me thy path talks about in places the precepts of God. What are the precepts of God? In Jesus, they are the, 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 the leading, the rules, the, the, the guidance that he wants to give, the, the, the commandments that he wants to share with us. And so as we think about that, we need to realize that there is one important thing in life to help us to obey the directive God wants to give us. And that is to realize, as we read in Psalm 62, that we need to be undergirded by God. What is girded? It's tied to something. But undergirded is carrying, being carried by something, and that is the strength and the power of God that comes about by the presence of prayer in your life. You've heard me say before, but I believe uh, preaching is perilous without the prayers of God's people. And had you not come prayerfully minded this morning, I could not have fully shared what God has on my heart. And I think it's important. I think we need to pray for one another. But as we pray and seek God's guidance, we're going to find that it is so important 
that we find the pastors of God's choosing along the road of life. Back to the sheep. I remember if, the, if a, an old yo, you or yo, whatever you call the thing, you, is it a you? If the, I seen a you on the sign. And, but I like this. Did you all catch a note of this sign that Norman has here? Three red lights. I heart love you. Thank you. God bless you. But the old sheep, I have seen it happen. And they'll get so complacent, they'll lay down and just so relaxed, they just roll over on their back. And if by chance they do that in a low place of the, of the ground where they're at, they can't get up. You'll have to help them up or they'll die in that situation. And I think sometimes, Christian, people are so satisfied with, with the, the easy way of life that they just relax and roll over and become so complacent with the things that they are and, real, and come to realize, surely I couldn't do anything about it anyway. But we can. We're the individual that God made and also made a promise. A song says it's all right. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And that's a wonderful promise. And I cling to that today. And I realize that God wants us to look at that. God wants us to realize that if we ignore the signals, the lights, the directive, you know, I didn't have to have it, but had I been a stranger in this area and left my home four mile out Lilac Road, if there hadn't been a sign of Highway 259 and or whatever signs to tell me to turn right, to come on through town or however I might have come and show me, someone went ahead of me and put up those signs. That's what God has done for you and I in life. He has gone ahead of us and he's put up signs to give directions, signs that'll show us where we need to be and what we need to do in the given times of life. So you've come to church. <clears throat> Sometimes we have trouble with our traveling machine. That is the car or the truck or whatever it might be. The mechanic says the oil pump's bad. Well, that's a catastrophe. That's going to cost a fortune to get that thing fixed. I believe that church is somewhat like going to the mechanic to get an adjustment. Sometimes you just have to have an inspection. Sometimes you find out there's situations a little bit off key or not right in your life, and God wants to adjust that. I love the story of Jeremiah and the potter, potter part of the story who talks about how that Jeremiah was called to do what God wanted him to do, but he wasn't ready. And I believe that God has an itinerary for every one of your lives today. But you may not be able to carry out that job unless, and especially since you have come today for the adjustment God may, may want to give you. It's all about being willing to let God adjust you for the situation that lays before you. And you will not accomplish that job unless you allow God to get you ready to do it. He will never send you, he will never call you in any direction that he doesn't want to go with you and or prepare you to go before you do. The potter's story as Jeremiah went down to the potter's house and he was directed by God to watch the potter rather work on the wheel to make a pot, to make a vessel. And it was well and good. The vessel looked pretty good. But when it came off of the form or off of the whatever, it was cracked wasn't going to hold what it was made to hold. Sometimes we are not 
in the situation to hold or to do what God has for us to do because we have been collided with sin. We have problems that may have caused us not to be the fit vessel that we need to be, to be cleaned and ready to be used. And so the potter wrought another work on the wheel, and this time it was perfect. It was okay. And Jeremiah realized, God has just got me ready for what I know he's calling me to do. And so he did, because he listened to God. He obeyed the traffic sign that directed him over to the potter's house. So was the case of Peter. When Peter was in a place where he realized that he needed to find hope, so was the case with Paul when he realized he was lost and needed someone to show him the way. And Ananias was the person who could tell him a direction. He had to follow the signs that would lead him to the street called Straight, Straight Street. And there he would find a direction that God wanted to give him through someone else. Please hear that, through someone else. God does most of the time, I kind of feel, is very direct with his children tells you, I heard someone say, he told somebody that God told me that he wanted you to do so and so. And the guy says, well, if God wants me to do it, I think he'll tell me himself. But that's not always so. That's not always true, though a lot of times and most of the time maybe it is. But we realize that God there in Paul's life was going to use Ananias to show him some wonderful things that lay before him. Though uglied with trial and tribulations, Paul would become one of the greatest influences this world has ever seen because he obeyed the traffic signal, the lights of God's love, the GPS of God's direction that would lead him to the place that he could begin to share the gospel, not only through the chosen Jews, but through the world, the Gentiles, you and I this morning, because God opened the door of salvation to the created world that he had made. And not all say yes to that love. Not all realizes that God has that promise for every person that he has created. But sometimes we feel like that God is maybe not alert to our needs in our lives, but that's not so. You know, I've said often, I don't believe, or I I am not trying to hold on to God. I am not trying to hold on to my Lord. I'm simply asking him to hold on to me. You see, he's stronger than I am. And I remember walking through the fields with Daddy, trying to hold his forefinger through a stalk field in the frozen ground and trip on a stalk and fall and slip. And I didn't stay down. Daddy would help me up. But one day I realized what I needed to do. His grip was better than mine. So I stuck my hand inside Daddy's big hand. And I did stumble some more. But it never did fall because I knew daddy's strength was sufficient. God's strength is sufficient for you. You will stumble in life. Things will come as you all but fall. But his strength will be there to lift you and to carry you, to bless you with more than you can imagine. The simple fact is we must let God do what he wants to do in our lives. Are you letting him do that? Are you where God wants you to be? Do you need to make a decision for the Lord? Maybe recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe say, Lord, I haven't walked this close or close enough to hear what you want to say. I want to hear it all. Maybe you need to make that commitment today. Maybe you have never been saved. Maybe Jesus is asking you to come, present yourselves to him for salvation. 
Whatever the need is today, Jesus is calling you to come. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you this morning for your love that you have given us, for your desire to direct our lives, to show us the way, to help us, Lord, to know where to turn and where not to, to where to go and where to, what to say. Lord, we just thank you for that love that has carried us over the years, but that a love, Lord, that will carry us on until we see the red light of glory that will cause us just inside the gates of heaven to stop and to see what you have in store. Thank you, Lord, for the promises you give, for the life you have blessed. And we just ask you now, Lord, a blessing on every person that is gathered. And if there need to be a decision made here today, that we would be bold in the spirit and say yes to that love that will always hold us. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen.